Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, what's up, folks? Welcome back to another edition of Talking Ball. I'm Lifetime Longhorn Rod Babers with my co-host, Lifetime Longhorn C.J. Vogel. He's the man in the know all the time. One of the hardest working men that I know, actually, man. C.J.'s all. I don't know when you rest, C.J. <laughs> I'm glad you're part of the team, though. No doubt. How you doing, C.J.? You good? Hey, it's the off season now, right? But it, the, the news cycle hasn't been slow, so I, I'm ready for it, Rod. It's gonna yeah, be a good day. Exactly. I thought it was to slow down a little bit. That's a good thing. I think that means the program's in a really good place. Seems like every topic is a hot topic, so we'll hit a few yeah. of them here on Talking Ball. Uh, before we get started, though, uh, we always got to give some props to our sponsor. We're really, uh, obviously, very grateful to our sponsor uh, and for all their support. Once again, John Donovan, the president of Longhorn Wealth Management Group. Uh, he is our sponsor. John is a proud Texas Exes Life member, and his wife and all of six siblings of John's are also UT grads, baby. That is a Longhorn legacy, so it is uh, his deep Longhorn family tradition that led John to dedicate his firm to providing total wealth management for Texas alumni, employees, family, and friends. John is a certified financial planner who has spent over 30 years. That's right, folks, 30 years, three decades, providing investment, retirement, insurance, and estate planning services and solutions to all his clients. He's a proud lifetime Longhorn, folks, and Longhorn Wealth is repeating its offer to extend to each and every Longhorn alumni, employee, or fan a free 90-minute consultation. That's right, you got nothing to lose but Everything to gain is a free 90-minute consultation to explore how Longhorn Wealth can help you develop and maximize your tax fee and tax-efficient financial future. So please give John Donovan and his Longhorn Wealth team a call at 972-707-4900. That's 972-707-4900. Or visit longhornwealth.net. That's longhornwealth.net. So thank you to John Donovan uh, and uh, his, uh, his Longhorn Wealth Management Group. All right, let's get right to it, uh, CJ, because there's a lot to cover here uh, in Talking Ball. Let's start with another confirmed departure. Uh, this time it is Jalen Ford. He put out a very moving announcement. I like it. It was very sentimental. I'm liking these sentimental videos. I'm actually a little jealous. I'm not going to lie. I'm a little jealous because back in my day, even if everybody knew Rodby was coming back to school after my junior year, which there was no doubt that Rodby was coming out, I, I was a you know mid-round draft pick, I still would have put out one of these really cool sentimental videos to either say that I was coming back. And then once I was leaving, I would have put out one just to say I was leaving because I think Longhorn fans, they like these. They like they they like the sentimental approach. It makes them emotional. Makes them think about the legacy of the player and what the player meant to them. I didn't have that that uh, that that option. Uh, didn't have that uh, that advantage. I think these guys actually do themselves a lot of good uh, standing out in Longhorn fans' memories with these really cool videos. And Jalen Ford had one of the best that I can remember. I mean, this is just the era in which to play college football. In Rod, you were right? you were a little bit too early. <laughs> I mean, on top of the NIL, but like the, the cool graphic departments of oh, signing man. day, it's everything. It, it, they go the whole nine yards. And this was, like you said, it's just another example of the Texas media team going above and beyond for a cool video like this. It was great. And I, I, like you talked about the Jordan Winnington video last week and, you know, it, it's tugging at your, your, your heartstring, your emotional, it, like, it hits, it hits. And so, 
I, I thought the Jalen Ford uh, video did that as well. And I do think mm-hmm. it is a testament to really encapsulating the entire career of Jalen Ford. Because let's remember, he was the, the lowest recruited commit in that 2020 class. That's crazy, man. That's crazy. That's wild. And I, I, I think that those videos, like they show the highlights, they show some cool moments, you know, celebrating with, with the, the coaching staff, with other teammates, family members. It It's just a cool thing to sit back and say, wow, like we got it good with, with Jalen Ford and Jordan Winnington and Xavier Worthy and guys like that that we got to watch over the last couple of years. It's a fun, almost a time capsule of just what we got to witness over the last couple of years. Yeah, he is the he's kind of um, an example of how Sark says we don't care about stars. Right. Exactly. Uh, He was the lowest rated recruit in that class. And when I talked to Jalen Ford, he talked about literally it was the the midnight hour that Texas came into the recruitment. Like they came in at the last minute recruiting him and made it a tough decision for him. He hadn't visited the the campus when he committed to Texas. He didn't even visit. It was just the. And by the way, he also mentioned this is why Jalen Ford. It's a it's a great story to show you the transformation of the, the the program right now. He even mentioned that Texas at the time didn't have a great reputation for developing players at his his position, and development was an issue. And he was talking about how Utah actually was doing a, a better job at the time in developing talent than Texas, which is not wrong. Right. And he said he went with his heart, honestly, which led him to Texas. He wanted to go to Texas. He said, you know, he thought about where he wanted to be and what he wanted to uh, accomplish and what he's wanted his legacy to be. And it led him to Texas. I'm glad it did. But I do think, like you said, he is a you know a testament in a lot of ways uh, to the, the development in this class to the, 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 really the evaluations. Like they you said, he's a, he's a lowest recruited, lowest uh, rated recruit in that class. Texas went after him because they saw the potential regardless of the blue chip status or no blue chip status. So I just think he, and then, like I said, he ended up developing into being a blue chip player. So he embodies the five-star culture and the five-star development. Texas has the five-star players, the Quinn Ewers of the world, your JT Sanders of the world, you know, that's your X-Men, that's your Kelvin Banks. You got those guys and those guys are key, but you also have to bring in the guys who do have a bit of that, they got that chip on their shoulder. They do come in with, you know, with a little bit more of that uh, that competitive sickness because they haven't had the accolades yet. They haven't necessarily been given it. a lot of, yeah, notoriety. And then they got to come. They still got that. Now, the, the five-star guys, they're five-stars for a reason because they're expected to be NFL players one day. The three-stars aren't that. They come in with a different grind and a different mindset. And I think you got to have a healthy balance of the two in your program. All right. Five star players and the five star culture. Those guys help your there's no doubt Jalen Ford helps your five star culture. No, 100 percent. I think he's actually the poster boy. Yeah. For, for someone you can point to and say we developed him, him and Tavondre Sweat that, you know, this year yeah. specifically. Yep. The two guys who were three star guys coming out, you now see them as. Uh, almost day two locks to go in the NFL draft, you know, barring mm-hmm. a good combine and, and good pro day measurably uh, measurable wise. Both of them are, are guys that Texas can now point to and say, yeah, like development isn't an issue anymore. Look at, right. look at what we've done. You know, we, there's an outland award trophy sitting in Austin right now. Jalen Ford was just, you know, the runner up for the big 12 player of the year, a year ago. Now oh. he's set to go in, you know, the, the NFL draft very early at a position in which, 
we haven't seen a lot of production out of, you know, dating back to 2009. So it's a credit to what Jeff Choate did, what Pete Kwiatkowski is doing. And now it's up to Johnny Nansen to continue that progression with what is hoping and expecting to be a pretty talented linebacking group right now. But so Jalen Ford, uh, incredible career. Awesome, awesome time getting to watch him. For a while, it felt like any big play that needed to be made, he was making it on the defensive side of the ball. So it's been a blast to watch him. I'm excited to watch him in the NFL. And, you know, like we said, if there's anybody that can continue to play with a chip on his shoulder, the, the, you know, urge to develop and get better day in and day out, it's a guy who was counted out as often as Jalen Ford was, and it's going to make an NFL team very happy one day. Yeah, guy will be, a, in my opinion, a starter in the NFL at one point. You know, I don't know how the career is going to go, but it's just um, I don't the, the value of the linebacker position um, at times because he's not a pass rushing linebacker necessarily. He can do it. He's actually probably the best coverage linebacker in the country. Uh, yeah. That is going to help him. I guess end up being a starter in the NFL because it's a coverage league. But because of linebacker being what it is, him not being a pass rushing linebacker. Um, I, it, and I believe Bobby uh, said that he came in off a hernia surgery. So I don't, a hernia, so not a surgery, but a hernia injury. Um, so hopefully he'll be ready for workouts and that doesn't need surgery or anything like that. But man, he's just tough. He's tough as nails. And he also, uh, admitted, uh, we asked him, why did he, why didn't he leave after last season? He had one of the best seasons in college football, one of the best seasons in Texas football history for a linebacker. Why didn't you just leave? He should have won defensive player of the year in the big 12. And he said, I didn't like, and I'm paraphrasing. He said, I didn't like the way I was leaving the University of Texas. Like I didn't want to leave the program that way, which was basically losing to Washington and being a you know an eight-win team. He didn't want to leave the program that way. And think about this. Go back and listen. In his farewell video, he references something I've talked about for years. Leave it better than you found it. And he basically references that, hey, I'm, I'm glad to see I left it better than I found it. That is why he said he didn't want to leave. He, he didn't bring up anything about his own selfish <laughs> ambitions. He didn't talk about his, you know, dreams of playing the league. He said, no, nah, man, I didn't want to leave Texas like that. That's yeah. the guy who play, came to play for Texas, not at Texas. He said, I don't want to leave the program in that way. That's what like you've been talking program. about. I, I loved it. I loved it. Yeah. Oh, man. The guy's going to be hard to replace. Um, all right. That uh, that linebacker room though with Anthony Hill, I will say, and um, Leona LaFowl, Mo Blackwell's coming back there. We assume. I mean, I think the linebacker room is actually in a in a good place. Um, ideally, you would have won. I mean, they've had two really good players in that room the last two years. It was Demo and Jalen Ford two years ago. It was Jalen Ford and Anthony Hill last year, kind of taking over. Right? You had you just had some bender you threw in there. And then I wonder going forward, Anthony Hill's going to be that guy. He's got to be that dude. Will it be Mo Blackwell? Will it be Leon Defile? Will it be who's going to be that other guy? At we'll find out in spring. But yeah, I'm with you. Someone has to step up. Someone has to take over that leadership role and also those snaps because that's a, I mean, middle linebacker, you know, that, that are your defense. That's a big spot. It's going to be crucial. Yeah, exactly. Central nervous system of the defense. Um, speaking of, let's stay on the defensive side of the ball before we go uh, to the offense. There hasn't been an announcement yet about Jade Barron. Um, you know I'm a huge Jade Barron fan. No announcement yet. Uh, is that that's, that seems to be good news for Longhorn fans. Seems like I mean he's got till the 15th to declare, but no news yet is good news that he may be deciding to come back. 
I don't know exactly where his draft prospects are. The guy's going to get drafted. A lot of it will be based on his 40 time and how he tests. But that guy's an NFL player. We all know that watching him. What are your thoughts about Jaday Barron? And what are the odds Jaday Barron comes back to the 40 acres, CJ? It does feel weird that we haven't heard anything yet. You know, there's been seven Texas Longhorns that have made announcements to go to the NFL so far, not including a Christian Jones or Devondre Sweat or guys who are, you know, completely out of eligibility. I figured by now we would have heard about Jade Barron. You know, there still is a week before the deadline comes for the NFL draft. So it's not like it's a foregone conclusion that he's returning. But I put it last week on, on, on Texas Football Coffee and Football that I heard it at 50-50, that a return is in the works for Jade Barron. Ooh. So I, I, I don't want to get over my skis right now, but should he return, <laughs> talk about that importance or that kind of impact we could possibly see of a, a secondary with Jade coming back with Makuba, Derek Williams, and Michael Taffy, the two cornerbacks out wide with a Gavin Holmes as well. It feels like you could be talking about a secondary that is certainly more athletic, but also in a position to probably see an increase in production. Yeah, it shouldn't be a liability, right? If Jade Barron comes back with the veteran experience you're going to have at the corners, um, you know, Derek Williams should be leading the way at safety. You should, it shouldn't be a weakness. It shouldn't be a liability. Now, will it be a strength? That's a different discussion altogether. But this season, I think we could all agree the pass defense was a liability for most of the year, and we saw that exposed in the uh, Sugar Bowl versus Washington. So I'm with you. And what capacity are we going to see today, Baron, in the secondary? If he returns, if we're, if we're that lucky, I think you got I think he should be cross-training. I think he can help you solve problems, manufacture depth at different positions, but also solve problems whether you have uh, productivity issues in the secondary somewhere or performance issues. You can move that guy around. I know he's your nickel, and that's, in, that's important, especially at the central nervous system of the defense. But, man, I think you can put him at corner, and he can help you, you know, situation like he did this past season. Um, I think you can put him at safety at times, depending on if teams are attacking you there. If the if the matchup is advantageous to you there, I just think he's a piece you should move around. Um, but I don't know how he feels about that. But I, I think he's got that kind of ability. He absolutely does. And we didn't see it a whole lot of him playing outside of that nickel and star role for Texas this year. But in key moments when Texas needed a body somewhere else on the field, it was John A. Barron that they started moving around. If you go to that Kansas State game late into that, uh, overtime and, and 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 late fourth quarter moments, he was playing outside cornerback. You know, they threw him out there when Ryan Watts went down to say, yeah, like we need a guy that we can trust in these late game situations. It's Jade Barron. Late in the Washington game, when Texas felt like they had to get, you know, some, some fresher bodies, maybe a, a little bit more of an explosive athlete back deep to cover the deep ball, it was Jade Barron who played a couple snaps back deep at field safety. So, it, he's already shown some versatility behind the scenes. I think right now, like you were saying, if you can open that up a little bit more in a return in 2024, I mean, the sky's the limit for what could be on the field at a given time. Pers uh, personnel is not a an issue now when it comes to yeah. this this you know hypothetical makeshift Texas secondary as a result of the versatility that Jade Barron brings to the table. Incredibly encouraging if he does come back to the 40 acres in 2024. Um, now let's discuss the, let's discuss the possibility of him leaving. Yeah. He does leave. Um, I mean, essentially, it, uh, combined with Ryan Watts' declaration that he's going to the NFL, 
and the what six DBs now we've seen in the transfer portal, five of them safeties. That would be a total of eight defensive backs <laughs> that you would be losing in this acquisition cycle here. Um, man, it's that's a lot. Uh, and I know you're bringing in five in the recruiting class. You're bringing in Makuba as well. Um, but if they do lose Jade Barron, um, who has to be um, who has to be considered to be one of the guys that steps up in the secondary in your eyes if, if Jade Barron does indeed have to uh, test his chances, test the waters in the NFL? It would have to be a guy like Jelani McDonald. I, exactly. I think it'll have to be that that sophomore jump uh, into you know a, a rotational playing situation for him. When you talk about the safety sp- situation specifically, we've obviously talked about how often Texas likes to rotate their safeties, You know, get them on the field, get them acclimated to the snap count and the speed of the game. Michael Taffy is back. You know, uh, Derek Williams is back. Andrew Makuba now is into that nickel star role, you would assume. So who kind of fills that rotational spot? I think to me it's going to be Xavier Filsamy and Jelani McDonald. I think you lean a little bit more on the guy who's been in the system for a year and has a year of college football under his belt. So for me right now, it's got to be Jelani McDonald to make that next jump and be that guy that you can say, yeah, we can put him on the field and we can trust that he won't be too out of position. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. So I I, I like that. I I, I like McDonald there because I trust what I have outside uh, at cornerback. I I like McDonald. Uh, Manny Muhammad, I like Terrence Brooks. Gavin Holmes is fine uh, as a third cornerback rotationally, but it's got to be where Texas was most vulnerable this year at safety. That has to be an improvement. It starts with Xavier Filsamy and Jelani McDonald. Yep, I I love that. I've heard so much about Jelani McDonald and his uh, versatility as an athlete back there. Um, that's one of the things they're promoting in the secondary. They want more speed. They want more versatility and they want more guys that can cover those three. Absolutely. You can do those three. You have that in your skill set. Uh, there's a good chance uh, that you will be prioritized in that Texas secondary. All right. Uh, let's talk about the uh, other big announcement. We we're waiting on it. And I think a lot of Longhorn fans were hopeful that AD Mitchell uh, might return. I think he considered it. Uh, maybe that's why the announcement took so long, but this is a guy that is getting first round grades um, from a lot of analysts who do uh, NFL draft analysis. And uh, they have a mocked anywhere from the bottom of the first round to the top of the second round. When you're getting those kind of grades, CJ, you go and uh, AD Mitchell, he's gone. Yeah, I mean, kind of in the same boat as Jade Barron, it felt like, you know, the longer this one kind of played out, like, yeah, maybe, maybe. But like at the <laughs> end of the day, when you're receiving a first round grade or a very early day two pick, um, there's no reason to stay, really. So for A.D. Mitchell, it makes all the sense in the world to go get that NFL career started. You know, go make a name for yourself nationally on the big stage. And I mean, I'm all for it. I think it's very exciting. It's one more receiver in the NFL that from the University of Texas that we get to celebrate, you know, back on some Saturdays at DKR when when they're playing the Longhorns in the NFL highlights, we'll get to see A.D. Mitchell scoring touchdowns. So I'm for it. Can't wait. But, yeah, it's a big loss. And now Texas is tasked with replacing Xavier Worthy. 
Jordan Whittington, Jatavian Sanders, and now A.D. Mitchell. So that's a it's quite a bit. It's quite a bit. Yeah, that passing game has got to replace a lot of targets. <laughs> it's got to replace a lot of explosive playmakers. Let's stay to what stay on wide receiver for a while because I mean, you just said it without now AD Mitchell leaving. By the way, AD Mitchell draft prospect wise, I do think he'll be drafted early. The only thing that may penalize him in the evaluations uh, in terms of the data points will be his speed. So he's got to run a decent 40, whether it be at pro day or whether it be, you know, at the combine. Anything high four four, low four five, mid four five, he's good. High yep. four fives and four sixes may get him in trouble. That may drop him down a little bit. But he's shown everything else on the film: body control, hands, catch radius, uh, precision route running, um, high ability to high point the ball, contested catch ability. Almost everything you need to see from him, he's already shown uh, the ability to do on film. I just think that what they'd want to see is high end potential. And that's what they'd want to see him, you know, run a decent 40 time to justify drafting him that high. If not, then somebody will get a hell of a value in the second round for A.D. Mitchell. Either way, um, it's a deep, also a deep wide receiver draft. Um, they'll say that every year because it's the deepest position in football at any level. But uh, you'll have three wide receivers potentially taken in the first 12 picks. Uh, so that'll be good for A.D. Mitchell because I think he's rated anywhere from seven to eight. Uh, seven, eight, ninth best wide receiver. Um, so AD Mitchell right now, uh, heading to the NFL. Let's stick with the wide receiver though. So, what does it mean for Texas? That means they're losing five wide receivers. If you include the transfer portal guys, Isaiah Nayor and Casey Kane, Kane heads to UNLV, Isaiah Nayor heads to Nebraska, and you include the guys that are leaving eligibility wise, exhausted by Jay Witt, um, X Man and AD Mitchell declaring for the draft early. A lot of targets that are leaving. Um, what is Texas doing to address it via the transfer portal right now? Oh, well, there's a lot. It's almost a where do you want to begin? C.J. Daniels from Liberty was on campus this past weekend. Uh, Texas will also be hosting Silas Bolden from the Oregon State. A little, a little five, uh, five foot eight, five foot nine, little, little jitterbug. Oh. You know, he's a quick guy. <laughs> but you see this, you see the film, and you're like, oh boy, this guy is mm-hmm. fun to watch. So yeah. You understand why he's coming in there. Texas is after a couple more guys, LeJonte Wester out of Florida Atlantic, uh, a, a Tom Herman disciple right now. So that'll be interesting to watch. And then obviously Bryson Rogers from Ohio state, not necessarily fitting the production mold. I think that might be a hindrance in Texas's pursuit of him. And then Dorian Singer's a name that we've heard pop up from USC from way of Arizona as well. So a lot going on in the portal, Rod, I kind of want to, float this by you who takes over that Jordan Whittington kind of let me let me pummel you into the ground on screen uh, in the screen game like I don't know if there is a guy right there A.D. Mitchell took him quite a while to get acclimated to being a blocking wide receiver Xavier Worthy necessarily was never that kind of guy that's good if you're looking at who the personnel is right now for Texas is there a I don't think Jonte is a big blocking guy. Matthew Golden certainly doesn't have the physical frame. Yeah, that's There's a great a, point. I don't know. That's a big part of Sarkeesian's offense. You know, almost, it is. Yeah, you're right. A quarter of those passes go behind the line of scrimmage. If you don't have the guys that are willing to block defensive backs and safeties, it takes away a chunk of that offense. It's uh, something to ponder right now. That's a great point, CJ. I didn't think about that because there are even some 12 personnel snaps 
or when Sarko go 21 personnel, well, who put Jay Witt out there? Uh, instead of A.D. Mitchell, it'd be Jay Witt and X-Men or Jay Witt and A.D. Mitchell because he wanted him out there for the blocking because it was going right. to be a run play or it's going to be a wide receiver screen or a running back screen. He's like, no, I want Jay Witt out there blocking. It's basically yeah. another blocker. And that'd be times where he would run. There'd be, there's some run plays where he would motion Jay Witt back into the formation and essentially use him as a another blocker, yeah, like as a running, as another blocker in the run game. He would have him crashing down from a block. It, he loved Jay Witt in the run game. So I didn't think about that, J- CJ. But man, right now I can't think of one because his his rotation of receivers is so tight. We haven't had a, we haven't had an opportunity to see a receiver even have a chance to execute those blocks. But you're right, man. Oh, now you just see. Now you got me more anxious. Now I'm more stressed out, CJ. Thank you. <laughs> now, well, I think it's also exciting because you see the big play yeah. opportunity from Matthew Golden. You, you you see on film and the statistics of C.J. Daniels and the Silas Bolden, the big play home run ability is there. We know that John T. Cook is you know a borderline five star guy. We saw the big play against Baylor, uh, some some catch after the uh, or some yards after catch ability uh, on the reception from Malik Murphy early in the year and Arch Manning against Texas Tech. We know the promise of what Jonte Cook can bring with this group collectively, there's a lot of excitement. Yeah. But with Sarkeesian specifically, we know how often he likes to get the ball out quick and let his guys work. I love that. Lar- a large part that. of that is blocking. And I'm not sure right now. That's why we have all the spring, you know, that's why we get to, you know, kind of figure out these issues and, 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 and hypothetical problems in, in, in spring ball. But right now that's kind of the top of my mind in terms of, what has to improve on the questions we got to figure out from this wide receiver room? Yeah, it's crazy. If if Savion Red was still playing wide receiver, I'd say him. Yeah, right? absolutely. If, if Savion, but he's he's not playing wide receiver anymore. Maybe they'll move him back. Who knows? Maybe but, a flip back. Yeah, yeah. Who knows? You know, sir? He could be that guy. Oh, that's a great point there, though, CJ. All right. Um, last little uh, discussion here before we get out of here. I want to ask your thoughts really about the national title game. We don't have to make predictions or anything like that if you don't want to. I just want to get your thoughts on. Uh, Washington versus Michigan. Uh, I got a lot of respect for Washington, and honestly, I don't. I don't know what's going to happen in this game. Best offense in the country versus the best defense in the country. Anything could happen. Uh, well, I don't know if you saw Rob on Twitter. I put out Texas thirty-seven, Washington thirty-one prior to the Sugar Bowl, <laughs> just for that score to be flipped and that to be the outcome. So I don't know if I want to throw out another score prediction, but. I do like Michigan to win this game. I'll be pulling for Washington, but I think this is one of those games where Penix is going to have to be near perfect or put up a near replica in, uh, pr- performance to what we saw against Texas yeah. for Washington to have a chance here. Michigan's too deep on both sides of the balls in the trenches. I think offensively for Michigan, they should be able to, and this should be their game plan where they just run the football down Washington's, Washington's throat for the duration of the ball game. That should be the approach. If it becomes a shootout and we see what happened last year against TCU, that plays in a Washington's favor. But if 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 I'm Jim Harbaugh, I'm kind of taking the approach that we saw against Penn State, where Michigan said, "Oh yeah, we're just going to run the ball 30 straight times, and you know mm-hmm. there's nothing you can do about it." That should yeah. be what they do against TCU, or sorry, against Washington. If it's not, it opens the door just a little bit more for some Penix magic. So I know we'll see. Yeah, the Penix magic is the thing you worry about. I- He's just so hard to sack. He's so hard to get down. He's the toughest quarterback to sack in college football, whether yeah. you're blitzing or whether you're pressuring him. There's no doubt about it. And I think that's going to end up being 
Because I, I don't even know if Michigan's DBs can hold up for that long against that wide receiving core. I, they're just that damn good. Uh, they really are. We see, hell, those Alabama DBs, a lot of them when we drafted in the first round, Texas wide receivers cooked them DBs. You yeah. can, if, a, if a quarterback's got time and the wide receivers are good, I'm a DB telling you, DB's going to get cooked. It if doesn't Penix matter. Got, yeah, if, exactly. If Penix buys himself some time, man, he's going to cook the Michigan DBs. I'm telling you. So that's what I worry about. And I'm telling you, I won't worry about it. I'm actually rooting for Washington too because they beat Texas. So at, my, at this point, go ahead, do it. So yeah. I honestly, I think you might see some Penix magic. I'm maybe I'm, I'm seeing some Penix magic randomly happening. Uh, they do. I think Washington may end up putting off the upset. Hell, they've been upsetting their their entire way to the national title. Been upsetting teams. Uh, one more quick shout out to our sponsor, uh, John Donovan, president of Longhorn Wealth Management Group. John is a proud Texas Exes Life member. We call him Lifetime Longhorns, like CJ and I. His wife and six of John's siblings, all UT grads. So they Lifetime Longhorns. They're deep. It's a legacy there. And this deep Longhorn legacy and family tradition led John to dedicate his firm to providing total wealth management for Texas alumni, employees, family, and friends. John is a certified financial planner who has spent over 30 years, three decades, folks, providing investment, retirement, insurance, and estate planning services and solutions to all of his clients. Longhorn Wealth also repeating their offer right now extended to each and every Longhorn alumni, employee, or fan a free 90-minute consultation to explore how Longhorn Wealth can help develop and maximize your tax fee and tax-efficient financial future. So please give John Donovan and his Longhorn Wealth team a call at 972-707-4900. That's 972-707-4900 or visit longhornwealth.com. Net. All right, CJ, thank you for the time as always, brother. And uh, we'll talk again on another edition of Talking Ball. Uh, appreciate you guys out there for joining us on Talking Ball. And until next time, hook them. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.